Welcome back to the focus. It feels like it's been three months, five <laughs> days, and maybe 18 hours after not being on last week. But we're back um, in the building with us, Mr. Byron Westbrook. So happy to have you. It's crazy because I'm sitting here as the outsider tonight. We got a whole family on that yeah. side of the studio. All the time. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> without further ado, we're going to let everybody on that side of the table <laughs> start talking. But thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of the focus hey man got a lot to catch up on man. it's a lot of much. you know championship you know basketball season a lot of high school college conference you know the tournament's going down so you know let's get to it all right man um we're gonna start by talking to you mr westbrook all right <laughs> mr coach at bladensburg so well, first of all how'd you get into coaching so it started with a facebook message uh I was working, I work in IT security at Department of Justice, and after work, I get on about 345, 4, 4 o'clock every day, and I'm not doing anything. I mean, I could go lift weights, I can go do this and that, but there's nothing very productive that, you know, I was using my time with. So I sat there one night just thinking, you know, what's my next move? You know, I got a good job, everything's good, money's good, whatever, but what's my next, like, the hobby and all? So literally the next day, I got a Facebook message from one of my ex-teammates at Salisbury. He said, you know, what's up, B-West? Uh, long time no see. Uh, I got the AD job at Blainsburg, and I was trying to see if you're interested in coaching. And for me, I mean, I've done mentorships with kids. I you know train kids, stuff like that. But I never did a position coach in a high school, a position coach, you know, wherever. And I always knew – if I was going to coach, I might be the head coach because the head coach, you're the manager. You you delegating this role and these you know this responsibilities to this coach. You telling this manager to do this and that, and I'm good at that. You know, I'm a, I'm I'm good with gathering guys, telling them a message, go do the message. You know, and it's kind of hard to be a head coach without climbing the ranks. And he said, yeah, you gotta go through the interview process, uh, send your resume, um, send the application. You'll interview in front of the interview panel, and you go from there. You got to do it the right way. You can't do it because I know you, but I want you to try to, you know, interview for this job. And I was like, cool. And went in there, the principal, the AD, basketball coach, volleyball coach, PTA, and the director of athletics was in the, in the meeting room. And I just told him, look, Blainsburg hasn't been good in years. Not not trying to sugarcoat it. Um Ever since I was in high school, the culture's, the culture's been bad. The record's been bad. There's no pride in this school. But why not? That's a, that's a, that was my first slide. Why not? We can do this. But at the same time, I can't do it by myself. I need the, the PTA support. I need the coaches support. I need the principal support. I need the AD support. But at the end of the day, we're going to change the culture at first. Then we're going to get wins. And they bought into it. And... Maybe two weeks after that, say I had the job. So I was like, you know, I appreciate it, but let's stop for all the applause. Let's get to work. Because at the, at the end of the day, the past three years, they were, you know, 9 and 21. And, you know, nothing against the old coaching staff because you can talk to the, all the kids and they'll, they'll tell you about the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. They're great guys, great guys, great mentors, you know, great leaders, stuff like that. But something had to happen where – they weren't winning, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So not saying that I'm going to come in there being 10-0, 10, 10 not saying I'm going to be 9-1, but 
my biggest focus this first year is culture. We're going to change the culture, and then after that, then we're going to start building on that culture change. So it's, it's, it's coming along. It's been five weeks. This is the sixth week, and the kids are buying in. Um, we have a brand-new weight room, a brand-new off-season workout program. So they hate me because we, we working. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's all I know how to do. That's where I got to where I got to. And I'm going to teach them everything I did, and we can go from there. I um, I mean, you know this area of football is deep and right. talent. But uh, specifically, what type of player are you looking for? Because, you know, I talk to a lot of coaches at different levels, and the, and the consistent thing I get from all of them is character. So um, what are the type of players that you look for? I know you kind of got to tell you the student body or whatnot, but like you said when we was talking off air, if they're not willing to abide by what you say in the rules, they're gone, no right. matter how good they are. So, right. you know, explain what type of player you're looking for. So first thing – I told them we're scholar athletes. Um, I stole that mantra from Demathe because that's where we were at Demathe. In order to play, you gotta get your books. So, one good thing that the AD implemented that I was all the way with was that if you want to work out in the new weight room, you gotta go to study hall. So Monday through Thursday, study hall right at the school. Um, we gotta get our grades. Um, we have tutors in there. We have tutors in the library after school. I'll go talk to your teacher for you. My AD will. Everyone will. But at the same time, with me doing all this work, I can't help you if you don't help yourself. So that's the first thing. Second thing, great character. Third thing is this. In order to be great, you got to do things differently. Everyone could be in the hallway, hanging out, skip class, stuff like that. But if you want to be great, you got to – all your friends might be in the cafeteria. You might need to go to the library. All your friends in the hallway, you might need to be in the classroom. You got to do things differently because when you get, when you do things differently, you get different results. And usually when you do great things differently, you get great results. So with that being said, you just got to gotta start thinking differently. And I'm not saying that just to all my football players. I'm saying this to the basketball players who come talk to me, the baseball players, the, the lacrosse players, whomever. Like you guys, y'all want to be great in y'all sports respectively, you got to do great things. So that means do things differently. But like I said, you gotta have that character, you gotta be a scholar athlete. At the end of the day you gotta you gotta have that dog inside you. Uh we were three and seven because maybe we had some soft kids on the on the field. And I'm not gonna allow that. So I told them guys, you gotta have that dog you gotta find that dog in you somehow, some way. It's it's in you, trust me. You guys you some of you guys don't live in the safest safest neighborhoods, but y'all walking the streets to school. So you got to have some courage somewhere in, in your body, but bring it out in the right way. And the right way is in the weight room, off-season workouts, during the season. You don't got to do it in the classroom. You don't got to fight. You don't got to be on the block, you know, do all that stuff. But bring that dog out when it's time to bring that dog out, and that's on the football field. So, Okay. All young football players have NFL goals, man. And, um, you know, just – doing what I do, me and I'm close with the NBA and stuff. I don't think the young players really understand the work that's needed to get there. They think if you go hoop, you can do a similar move, I should be able to get there. You know, talk about the work ethic that's needed to even get a, get an opportunity to even show what you have, let alone be in the league. So I'll give you an example about myself. So, again, in the summertime, when I graduated high school and I was in college now, in summertime, everybody want to go out to the clubs and stuff like that. And that's cool. You can do that. You can have your fun. But you got to put your work in first. Right. So during the day when it's 12 o'clock and during the summer, it's hot. You're tired. 
but I'm out, I'm out on the football field. I'm in the weight room. I'm doing everything that I'm thinking my opponent should be doing, but then I'm taking it to a higher level. So right. with that being said, I'm going to outwork you. My work ethic is going to show because I'm faster than you now. I'm stronger than you now. I'm smarter than you now. I'm doing everything that you want to do, but I put that work in to do it. So with that being said, what I'm going to tell my kids is that, okay, guys, you guys, y'all want to be 10-0, which is totally fine, but are you going to be on workouts on time? Are you going to be at study hall on time? Are you going to do everything you need to be doing on time? And when I say on time, if something starts at 8 o'clock, don't get there at 8 o'clock. You need to get there at 7.50 because you never know what might happen in those 10 minutes. I mean, I had a kid the other day where he wants to go get carryout at the school because the carryout is five minutes away. So now you told me you called the carryout because school gets out at 4.10. You called the carryout at 4.10 to get a small fry. Study hall starts at 4.30. You don't get to study hall till 4.50. But guess what happens? I ain't going to punish you. I'm going to punish everybody else. And I'm going to make you watch them and show what happens when your decisions affects the team. And so at the end of the day, you need to worry about, first of all, you shouldn't be getting the carryout. Like, <laughs> like, well, I don't right know why you practice. right before practice. Like, you might eat chicken wings and mumbo sauce and fries. Like, you're going to throw it up. He did. And I, you proved my point. But at the same time, you know, we're going to outwork everyone. And that's, that's, and that's one thing I did when I, when I was playing ball. And as I'm trying to teach these kids. And they, these kids these days, they, they think that the results should be right now. And I told them this. Right, I came from practice right now. And I told them, I said, y'all guys are working hard. You've seen your results. You've seen your workout cards. You've seen your numbers go up. But don't be satisfied with, oh, man, I did 225 today. I'm good. Or, oh, man, I got a C in my class. I got a 2.0. I'm good. No, because when you want to go to college, even though you got eligible for high school, them college be like, oh, no, he ain't worth it, you know. But, like I said, everything I did, scholar, on the field, off the field, I'm trying to teach them. And they want to listen to me, I hope they do, because I'm not going to stare them in the wrong way. So, we'll see. You know, we're still in the off season. It's only been six weeks. But they have grown tremendously from week one to right now. So. Okay. Um, no, I'm, I'm just listening. Okay. I'm, okay. Not, I'm just I'm intrigued. Just, I'm just trying to let people get in. But, um, <laughs> I'm intrigued. What are the pros and cons, the differences between coaching? I know this is your first coaching gig, but, you know, you coming up at the math of private school compared to being at a public school. Right. So – I'm going to say mentality. Okay. And not saying that these kids can't have that mentality because those kids at Wise have that mentality. Right. They won three, the last three state championships. So you can be in public school and have that mentality. And we will get there. Uh, once we start getting wins and kids, they need confidence. Right. And when you get wins, that breeds confidence. They see, you know, the JV sees it. The kids who probably in school who want to play football, they see it. Now they want to start coming out. So now varsity won't be 40 kids. It will be 60 kids now because we're winning. We got new uniforms. We got warm-ups. We get, we get weightlifting T-shirts. You get, you know, I know you got to give the kids little perks and all. So you, you bench 300 pounds, here's a T-shirt. Now you can wear it around school. Now kids play, oh, what's that? Like, oh, I did 300. 
man, I could bench 300 too. Let me go. I want a T-shirt. So it's the mentality, just knowing that at the Mather, everyone wanted to be great. At Bladensburg, there's kids who want to be great, and there's some kids who who say they want to be great but don't put that work in to be great. So now I got to build those kids up saying, look, you will be great. You know what it takes to be great, but you have to do it Monday through Friday. You can't do it Monday, then Thursday, then maybe next week. Now you got to do it all the time. And the kids, like I said, that weight room, and they're getting stronger, they're seeing it. So now they're like, oh, man, Coach Westbrook, he's really right. It makes sense. So, again, it's just the mentality. But the talent's there. Um, It was a couple games last year. There was two games they got blown out. Five games, they lost by six, three. So that's effort. And I, I'm, that's one thing where it's not just the math or Blainsburg. It's kids these days that when adversity hits, it's I go in the tank. And I want to teach that, look, things going to happen. That's why people have car insurance. Like, you get a deer hit your car, don't think that's the end of the world. You got car insurance. If we fumble the ball, don't worry about it. Get back on defense, get the ball back. You know, if you throw an interception, make a tackle, let's get a three and out. So you gotta change the mentality of these kids and I think they're they're buying in now. They'll buy in some more in the summertime, a little bit more in in training camp. Then when we start winning, it's like just like it's that gonna be that quick. And Wise wasn't always undefeated, but they build. And they get, they're at where they're at right now. Everybody wants to be where Wise is at. They won the last, what, three state championships? They've been undefeated. So those kids didn't start undefeated at first, but they their mentality changed, their culture changed, and they won the last three. So that's where, that's where I want to get my program to as well. Okay. Uh, what's the mission for you as a coach overall? To basically guide these kids in the right way. I mean, wins and, wins and losses are great, but – Having my kids go to college, become successful, become great men. I'm also going to say great women because I have managers, and they're and I include them in the team as well. They got, they got to go to study hall too as well. So just guide them to be great, great individuals. The wins will come, but at the end of the day, it's not always about football. It's about life, and I'm teaching life lessons every day, and they're understanding it, but. You're going to be great on the field and off the field. As long as you become a great individual, that's all I care about. I want you to come back five, ten years from now saying, Dad, Coach, remember when you taught me this lesson, da-da-da? It, it, it really works. I'm like, I, I know. Trust me. <laughs> I, I was in high school before. I, every trick you're doing, I've done three times. So it, like, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to steer you on the right road. I know you got to figure out your decisions, You know what's going to happen if you do this or that. But at the same time, as long as you become a great individual, you come back to say, Coach, all the advice you're giving me, it makes sense. I'm doing something great for myself. That's all that matter. Okay. And if we could ask any of the players about you as a coach down the line, what would be the one thing you want them to say about you? That that he's always there for me. Okay. Because the one thing about some of these kids, they don't have the support. But they know every day at 2.45, they know I'm going to be at the soda machines waiting for them. And they know at 4.30, I'm going to be waiting for them in front of the cafeteria for study hall. 5.15, I'll be waiting for you in front of the either the football field or the weight room. They know that every day coach is going to be there. He supports me. He'll go talk to my teachers for me. 
He'll go talk to the principal for me. He'll do whatever it, I ask coach. As long as I'm helping him out, he's going to help me out even even more. So they come, when, they go, when you go ask my kids, they'll, they'll say that. They also say, you know, coach is a good guy. He's a fun guy, but he, he wants to put the work in first. Then we can have fun. Do what you got to do at first, then we, then we get the perks. You, you, you bench press Monday, Wednesday, be test on Friday, you get a, a higher test score, you put that work in on Monday and Wednesday. That's why you get the, your, your high test score on Friday, then we could go play basketball. We could go do dodgeball. We could do something fun. But all the time, just put your work in. That's all I ask for. All right. Now, future goals for Byron Westbrook as a coach and as a man. You say again? Future goals for you as a coach and as a man. Man, I want to I wanna win a championship. I want to be able to put that banner that hasn't been on Blainsburg gym wall in a long time, put one up there. But my success is not about wins and losses. Again, it's all about my players and my managers coming back to me saying, Coach, everything you did for me helped me in the long run. Everything is working out great for me. Your support, your you no, know, you being there, you you being a father figure, that's all that matters to me. Like I'm not I told the interview uh panel that I'm not trying to look to be the next uh, Urban Meyer, Joe Gibbs, whatever. I'm, try- I'm not trying to be the next NFL coach. I, I could be at Blainsburg for 30 years. I'd be satisfied. But as long as we are winning and I have kids coming back when they graduate high school, graduate college, saying they want to be around the program, they want to help the program, that means that the coach and the coaching staff, not just me, but the coaching staff, even the, the principal, the AD, they all did something to my kids to help them come back and want to be a part of something. So that's, that's all I'm like, – like I said, the wins and losses, they'll come. Especially the wins, but as long as these kids are on the right path, they're doing something with themselves, they're successful. They will come back and say, "Coach, everything you said made sense." That's all. That's all good for me. I only had one question. I only had one question. Being mm-hmm. a first-time coach, have you had that moment where you heard one of your former coaches through your own voice? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that all the advice that you got from your coaches, your parents. It comes back twofold now, and like you just want to strain. Like, listen, I'm trying to tell you. This, <laughs> my mom told me this ten years ago. It makes sense. And the kids are like, "What are you talking about, coach?" I'm like, "Don't worry about. It. Just keep it stuck in the back of your head. When the time comes, this advice and whatever I heard from my coach, my former coaches, my former, you know, whomever, it, it, it's, it's going to come true." And I, I hear it every day. I'm sitting here yelling at kids like, what the Like, <laughs> This is not me, but I, I got to do it. But like you said, everything that I heard in the past is coming back. And it's, it's crazy, but that's 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 life, though. That's life. I mean, that's that's why you have your elders for it, to help you go on in life. They give you all the advice and stuff. And at first you don't want to believe it, but then when all the, all the actions and events that they say is going to happen does happen, you be like, Man, you were so right. If only I listened. If only I listened. Exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, it, I I can hear myself saying that every day. One last thing before we go, like um, a lot of people don't know we grew up. We played boys and girls club together. Now your your brother was nice in basketball <laughs> and football <laughs> at the matter. I tell people that about basketball, they be like, okay, because they know him just from the Eagles and being all pro and stuff like that. Like, tell them how good he was in high school and how when we would act up and, and practice, that's when he would just pop up randomly and give us the business of practice because, you know, Coach, your father wanted us to get back in line and stuff like that and how them beatings, 
you know, them cook sessions, <laughs> you know, got us back on track and everything like that. And, you know, how having him, you know, helps you get to the great heights you got at with the Redskins and even where you are now. Right, yeah. I mean, growing up with him, I mean, that was, that was my role model. So that it, it was hard to not want to do extra because you see him around the house, he's doing push-ups. I'm like, dude, let's play second gen. <laughs> What are you doing? Like, they don't even know what Sega Genesis yeah, is. Exactly. 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 So you trying to play Madden? Like, nah, I'm going to do some push-ups. I'm like, man, no push-ups. <laughs> then, like, got the high school. I'm like, all right, push-ups. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he's, he was a big influence, you know, especially, like I said, he was playing Boys and Girls Club. But just seeing all the work that he did, and he, my brother's five years older than me, so seeing that work that he did and the results he was getting, it made sense to me, you know, faster than some kids in high school saying, man, I got to start doing extra, doing work, you know, take workouts seriously, take, you know, running seriously because he was doing it and all the success he was getting in college and got him drafted to the pros. I'm like, well, he did it this way and it worked. I'm not going to not follow this path because if I not follow this path, I might not get here. If I go this path, who knows where I'll go. So with that being said, yeah, he used to come to our practices and – cook us up, then he'll go home and talk trash to me about it. I'm like, man, I ain't trying to hear that, you know what I'm saying? But it worked, though. I mean, he's, he pushed us, and that's that's what I took from it. And you want to get to that level, you got to push yourself. So that's that's the lesson I took, and the hard work that he put in and all the, all the achievements he received, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that at all. So. All right. Um. Thank you so much for coming no in. Problem, We're not letting you go yet. <laughs> Just saying, you know, we enjoyed talking to you. Uh, we got Rapid Fire coming up a little later. Mm-hmm. We got a new it's segment. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but you can tell that it's heavily inspired by Cardell. <laughs> uh, when you see the, the graphic for it, oh, don't man. judge me. Please take me out of this. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm really just going to shift the ball. Why I got to be the bad guy? <laughs> because you're taller than me. Nobody's going to come give you smoke. <laughs> <laughs> They're they going to look at your profile picture like, nah, it's cool. They're going to tweet me instead. So you're watching The Focus. Give us a, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we got some local coverage. We got some high school basketball, DCS, AA. We got some GW, and we're probably going to talk about Mr. Kavanaugh. Yeah. I will take a wild guess. Um, I got some... Maryland women's basketball for you guys. Some DC United news. Um, and we'll be right back when we return to the focus. Welcome back to the focus. As Wilson said, we're getting right to the local coverage. Um, last week, as you know, the DCSAA started the semifinals with Wilson versus Gonzaga. And this is the first time a DCIAA champion faced a WCAC champion in this tournament. And, you know, it was a pretty intense game, but, you know, Gonzaga pulled it out, led by senior guard, WCAC player of the year, and future Miami Hurricane Chris Likes. He um, finished with 23 points, six assists, five rebounds, and four steals. Gonzaga jumped out to a 13 for the first quarter lead behind a hot shooting of junior guard Miles Dredd. I mean, it kind of looked like Wilson wasn't ready for the lights, but, you know, they responded. You know, um, junior guard Carlos Dunn took over in the second quarter. He scored 13 of Wilson's 22 second quarter points to give the Tigers a 26-25 halftime lead. And, you know, it, the game was at um, Georgetown McDonough Arena. And, you know, it was buzzing after that because, you know, D.C. folks love when WCAC schools get upset by public schools. But, you know, lights, you know, in the second half, lights turned it on. And the junior guard, who's one of the best guards in the country, Prentice Hub, you know, they just wasn't having it. They scored 18 or 14 points respectively to get Gonzaga to win. 
Uh, Wilson was led by senior for Isaiah Jennings with 16 points and nine rebounds, and Dunn finished with 18 points. Hub, Hub, he was working on the triple-double. He added 19 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists. Saturday, had to take the trip back down to GW. And that cold, like we talked about, <laughs> got me sick of everything. Went from 60 to 29. And like, it was crazy. But I wish y'all could hear our off-air phone conversations, man. But I got it done. I had to go, man. They was playing on conference league in Dayton. Um, it was seeing night, and, you know, it was the last home game for one of the best players that ever come through that program, Tyler Cavanaugh. A lot of people don't know about him. He, he originally signed with Wake Forest out of high school. And um, for, you know, things didn't work out there. When he got the GW, I think he was like 6'9", 215. A lot of people was like he couldn't cut it. He can't. He's not built for big-time basketball. So he redshirted the year, obviously, through transfer rules. He put the work in. He came back 6'9", 245. And then that's when they went on their run. You know, won the NIT last year, and he's been consistently dominant since he stepped foot on that court. And he's one of the most special players. He don't complain. He he just Mr. Consistent. Um, he gave Dayton 30 points and 8 rebounds, a 9-16 shooting, 6-8 from three-point range, and they beat Dayton 87-81. Dayton was led by All-World. They had their own All-World for Kendall Pollard, who had 24 points and 6 rebounds. Wazarius Williams added 17 points and 5-8 shooting from three. I mean, um, the atmosphere, if you've ever been in the Smith Center when it's a big game, it's nothing like it. It's kind of like camera, like, and a lot of people don't understand that. And, you know, they knew this is, you know, seeing night, you know, with all the adversity, the head coaching changed like a week before the season started, the uncertainty playing six freshmen. It's been a lot of adversity, but they stood, withstood the storm. So it was a packed house, and you could just feel the, you know, intensity and emotion with that game. GW came out on Friday, hit their first 11 shots. Um, they jumped on the 21-6, to six and like like that. Like, they didn't miss. And it was nothing they can do. They tried their run, obviously, being a great team, being a top team. But, you know, GW wasn't going to be denied. So, And it wasn't just Kavanaugh that, you know, it was his last game. It was also senior guard Matt Hart, who made the lead from D3 up in New York. Transfer down, and you know how the label is. He, he wasn't mentally tough. He ended up being one of the key contributors and sometimes starter for the pre- for the Colonials the past season. So, you know, shout out to them. It was a big win. And, um, you know, hopefully it gets somebody, get that interim tag off a, a certain coach, but I'm not going to go there. You know, keep it PC for right now. Um, obviously, the DCS AA Girls and Boys Championship was back at GW on Sunday, so I had to make that trip back. Uh, the Girls Championship, you know, was St. John's versus Georgetown Visitation. And, you know, St. John's put it out 63-51, led by sophomore center, 6'4", sophomore center, Malu Shatenge Matambo. Yeah, she's the niece of Dikembe Matambo. She um, finished with 17 points and nine rebounds. And she was in foul show most of the game, despite only playing like 19, point, um, 19 minutes. Um, she's one of the top sophomores in the country. So, you know, she played for Team Takeover. So, yeah, you're going to be hearing a whole lot about her over the next couple of years. Yeah, so, um you know, they also won a WCAC championship crown, so they put off the, you know, the you know the double, you know, they did it all, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, Georgetown Visitation was led by senior guard Maya Carroll's 20 points. And as for the boys, Gonzaga did what they came to do. They avenged last year's loss, and um, they, you know, survived a 37.17 rebound performance from a race senior, um, Iowa signee Luca Garza, yeah, he he was he's a beast. Um, and they you know they beat Murray seventy six sixty six. Zaga was led by once again Chris Likes and Little Man five six five seven, but he can he can boogie with the best on. He finished with 20, 24 points and five assists, you know, and was named MVP. And junior guard Prentice Hub, remember that name, you will be hearing a lot about him. 
you know, he had a 16 points, six assists, and five rebounds. Man, busy weekend, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's about to get busy. I got Maryland okay. State coming up. Yeah, I got Maryland okay. State coming up, so that's how I go. Hey, the grind is real. Yes, it is. All right, so Maryland women's basketball, they, they want to share the Big Ten regular season title splitting with Ohio State. Seemingly, Ohio State has been the only team in the Big Ten to beat Maryland mm-hmm. since they've been in there for three years. They are they were 53-0 and against the, rec- the rest of the conference. So it's literally Kelsey Mitchell and them. That have ruined that record, but they they didn't have to play. Um, everyone was expecting them to match up in the Big Ten tournament. They avoided that matchup everyone was looking for because Purdue. Shout out to them. They play a a suffocating style of defense. They really muddy up the game and make you make you earn your points. Right. And for a team like Ohio State that likes to get out and run, if you can keep them from running, you can have great success. It was a very close game. They upset them seventy one sixty nine. That per, that put Purdue in the championship game against Maryland. And Maryland, again, as I said, they're undefeated against the rest of the conference. Um, Purdue put up a tough fight, but senior Brianna Jones, as always, misses double-double. Um, she carried them. They carried her. She carried them through Purdue. She won the most outstanding player for the tournament. It's not a surprise. Shatori Walker-Kimbrough did have a big tournament as well. She didn't have a, her best of game in the championship game, but when you have two dominant seniors and one's going, that's more than enough. Um, along with Shatori, Destiny Slocum and Kyla Charles, they also had big impacts. If you want to check out um, more information on that, please head to my mama sports. While you're there, check out DC United's groundbreaking Audi Field. It's actually real. DC United supporters—they've been waiting for this for twenty some odd years to get a stadium, um, an updated, a new stadium in DC. Um, it's going to be over by Nats Park. Uh, when you get a chance again, get over to the site, get over to YouTube. Travis put together a great recap video of a very wonderful event. A lot of optimism there, which led in. You know, it's perfect. They had the groundbreaking last Monday. Then you had the 2017 season opener on Saturday night in that wonderful weather. It was beyond cold outside. I hated every single minute of it. I didn't think ahead. I didn't double up on dress socks, and I paid for it. Um, it's too cold, Octavia. It's really not funny. But we're going to let you guys uh, take a look at this recap. Then we'll take a quick break, and when we get back, our new segment and rapid fire. And uh, Eddie's available this week. So. We got a live Petty Eddie segment. So how about that? You're watching The Focus. Here at RFK, season farewell. There are now officially 16 games left in this building for the black and red. Tonight, they were a bit disappointed in the result. They tied Sporting Kansas City. Nil, nil. They did have a few chances despite missing their super talented playmaker, Luciano Acosta. In the first half, late in the first half, that is, they had several chances on a corner kick from Lloyd Salmon, which a couple headers beat the goalkeeper, but Sporting Kansas City defenders did a great job standing on the line and clearing the ball to avoid giving up the goal, which would have definitely given D.C. United the three points and a win. Prior to that, Marcelo Sarvis took a penalty kick after one of his teammates drew a handball. Uh, Julian Boucher got in the box, chipped the ball past the goalie, and Matt Belzer got called for a handball. Unfortunately for Sarvis and D.C. United, his penalty kick was thwarted by Tim Molina. D.C. United has things to work on. No one's really worried at all. As Patrick Niarco shared during the post-game press conference, they have some things to work on, but they did look sharp on the defensive end. While they did lose a possession battle, it's a bit misleading because Sporting Kansas City, while they did have the ball the majority of the game, 
it was a lot of harmless possession. They were taking shots from very far out. Bill Amid, he's coming back from an injury. Um, he looked good. He was tested early, made a sprawling, very athletic save. He looked comfortable at all times. And again, that back line, they looked like they've done this before. You know, they was the first time they were put together permanently was in preseason. That's now Nick DeLeon at right back, Taylor Camp at left, Sean Franklin uh, taking Bobby Boswell's spot in the middle, and Steven Birnbaum, now the new captain. But going forward, DC United is not worried. They, they look forward to getting things rolling on the attacking side of the field. Um, on that side, on that note, rather, Patrick Yarko did a very good job tonight trying to take over uh, some of the playmaking duties. Uh, he does this whether Acosta is on the field or not. But there's several times when he viciously beat his man 1v1 and got the defense to open up. DC United was just unlucky in finishing those opportunities. Next week, they travel to New York, and they got a week of training, and we'll see what happens with Luciano Acosta. Hopefully for the black and red, he will be on the field starting for them next week in New York. Wilson Tarpe Jr. for the focus. Welcome back. The favorite, everybody's favorite part of the show, man. Oh, we're going straight to that. Oh, okay. No, no, we not. I mean, no, we, we, we going to get there real quick. Cruise. But, no, you know, we got a new segment. You know, shout out to my man, Duke Cruz. You know, we always talking hoops and stuff. He overseas. But uh, we got a segment we going to call Pop the Trunk. And basically what that means is somebody had a performance so great or a move or something so good that embarrassed somebody that make you want to <laughs> – be waiting on the park about to pop the truck on them. So it's real simple, you know what I'm saying? And obviously we got to get at the Tyler Cavan all, man. Mm-hmm. 30 points and 8 rebounds, um, 9 to 16 shooting, 6 to 8 from three-point range. I mean, he scored 19 the first first half on Dayton, conference leading. He um, he made them look like they didn't even belong and stuff. Um, you know, I understand GW, but out of the three-headed monster, they kind of get the lesser of the press or whatnot. But recently, you know, they had the most success, consistent success. And um, I always say, like, He's an NBA player. Um, he's he's one of them guys. Like, he got up the Wizards right now, honestly. But, uh, you know, he's one of the players where they sleep on him, and then somehow he ended up with the Spurs, and then <laughs> two years, three years down the line, he killing it. Like, where he come from? That That's what he is, man. He can shoot it from three. He got range. He's improving his ball handling. He can post up. He's tough. He can rebounds. He's a solid defender, solid athlete, um, hard worker, professional. Man, he, he everything you would want in a pro, so – you know, I'm, I'm hopeful he will get an opportunity to play 82 games next year. You know, but we'll see. But definitely, he's 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 deserving of it. And uh, we're going to get right to rapid fire, man. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> First question. Jay Gruden signed a two-year extension with the Redskins. Do y'all like the move? We're going to start with our guess. <laughs> they signed him because the real story behind the Redskins is – Scott McLuhan, mm-hmm. and me knowing Dan Snyder, you know, he loves the press, just like Jerry Jones loves the press. So that being said, it's a move to keep them in the in the loop as far as the news coverage, the combines. You know, everyone's watching TV, watching the combine, pro days, et cetera. Now they got the Scott McLuhan story, which makes them look bad, but now let's have some good press for us. Let's sign Jay Gruden back. For two more years, that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. It's just that if he has a bad year next year, they can still fire him. He'll get paid now, you know. Yeah. So with that being said, good luck, Jay Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna agree because I know he knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just as he said, that real stories was going on with Scott McSee, and I refuse to be bothered by 
whatever little distraction you threw out there. Like, <laughs> one of the best, one of the NFL's greatest talent evaluators might be out the building. And, and everyone I said might. Just, you know, yeah, like, just get might. that heat. Boy. And your Twitter gonna blow up. Uh, oh, my Twitter's already <laughs> John Ross from Washington. Obviously ran a 4-2-40. How impressed are you with that? Oh, super impressed. <laughs> uh, especially because uh, Chris Johnson's record was there for so long. And, you know, the fact that he, like, I will say, like, annihilated it, but he beat it. And he just, it, it looked so effortless when he did it. It was just like he was walking down the street, you know, so I'm super impressed. For me, it was just kind of like, it was just, it was just affirming. Because you always heard how fast he was, right? Then when you turn on the tape, he's a good route runner, he's like a really good receiver. That you throw in the fact that that's really four two, man. <laughs> I think it's a great, also a great run. But the main thing you have to pay attention to now is his soft tissue injury because it's yeah. a hamstring. And next thing you know, he'll start having hamstring problems over the course of his career. So with that being, he's a fast guy. He's supposed to run fast. I mean, he ran extra fast. But at the same <laughs> time, everyone can't be Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. And He's not going to be the guy that he was at Washington. He might be the possession guy. He might be, you know, the number two. So you got to do what you need to do as far as study film and learn what the coaches want from you. But running fast is great. At the same time, you might go to the wrong system. You might go to the wrong team. Then what? Then what's your character going to show you at that point when you're not on a on a top team? So, but I'm four two two. Uh, he blazing. What's <laughs> the fastest forty you ever ran? Four three nine, and okay. he ran a four two two. So I'm like, I don't know what what gears he has, <laughs> but <laughs> where, where you bought them? Uh, let me know. They had a couple of people talk about a couple of teams had them at four one six and four one nine. Like hand time because a lot of people teams don't always go by the laser time we watch on TV. For those that watch combine, just to shed a little light, they still do tape it. I mean, time them themselves. So. Again, you just I don't know how you wake up with those. It must be nice. Right. Speaking of another 40, Miles Garrett, defensive end, ran a four six forty. Does that just confirm he's the number one pick in the draft? It it definitely confirms that, but as we saw with Jadavian McCl- oh, Clowney, you can you can run fast, you can do you could be a freaking nature. He had a, a great uh um Vertical and everything, but at the same time, Jadavian Conley was hurt his first two years. He just made a Pro Bowl this year, so most likely he's going to the Browns. The Browns stink. Everyone knows that. You're playing against Pittsburgh, who's a playoff team. Baltimore, who's who's been a Super Bowl before. Cincinnati always has a good team. You go into a bad situation, what you going to do? You can be the best player in the world, but even when you're in a bad situation, you start getting bad habits. Then you start – you know, I don't, I don't kid them. I'm, I'm getting paid. It, it don't matter. But to be honest, it's that second contract that really matters. That's when you're going to get your $100 million and all that and all. So is he going to carry that same work ethic he put for the combine to when he gets to the Browns? But what he did, he, that guy's like, what, 6'5", 260, running 4'6"? Yeah, that's that's a big man running. Man. <laughs> I'm glad I'm running 4'3", because I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, What do you say? Because I can't imagine somebody that big running that fast. Because, I mean, like, just as an example, my brother's 6'5". Like, I've never seen him move that fast. (laughs) So I'm like, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just 
let everybody know that, you know, the hype that was there. It's real. He's a really good player. But I love that you brought up Clowney because it's relevant. It's extremely, like, it's almost the perfect, like, case by case. Like, well, perfect case study. About the same size. I, I don't think he can stand up like Clowney can. But, again, if you go to a bad team, Lord knows what they have you do. Yeah. So you can go to the happens. Browns and Lord knows what they have you do. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But I love the fact he brought up today, Quelly. Uh, Deshaun Watson said he had an unbelievable combine. Are you sold on him being a franchise quarterback? I was sold like probably last year against Alabama. So, um, this year against Alabama was just a cherry on top of everything for me. I just think I was talking to my cousin earlier on the way here, and one thing he said that I love with quarterbacks. It's interesting how so many evaluators like to cite that cookie cutter, you know, that cookie cookie cutter prototype for what a quarterback's supposed to look like, yeah. move like and things in certain cases when that's not always you know, they use it to their advantage when they want to. And for me personally, I think he is, but as everybody always said, it only takes one team, regardless of what everybody else thinks. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think he is. Um but I think it definitely goes back to saying, like, depending on what system he gets in, you know, like, is it going to transpire into the NFL? It's always difficult to kind of figure that out because of how important the quarterback position is and the different schemes that they try to make them play. Like, is he going to go to a team where, you know, they see all the great things that he's done in college, but they're like, let's try this. Let's try something completely different than what you're used to doing. So um, I definitely think it's a possibility. It just time will tell. Yeah, I mean, if he goes to a team that has a great <clears throat> high school, I mean, high school, a great head coach and a great quarterback coach, say, for instance, uh, Kyle Shanahan, I, was, I played with him at for the Redskins. He's a great coach. Um, the new coach for the Rams, he's a great coach. But if he goes to a team that doesn't have a great head coach in place, it might be on the hot seat, that's going to mess up his production going forward, just like RG3. Um he had a great first year, but they did a lot of stuff that the NFL teams usually don't do. So when the defensive coordinators start game planning for him, like, oh, he does this, now he starts getting injured. Now the risks can start going down downhill. So and with the NFL being such a business, it's like you try to concentrate on your play, but you got to also concentrate on the fact that these coaches might not be here next year. RG3 was there, what, two years with Shanahan? He gone. Now is you know, Jay Gruden. And now RG three's gone. So it's hopefully he gets to a right team that has a great coaching staff in place and I think he'll do great. I mean, I think he's a student in the game. He's obviously a baller, you know, in the big games when the lights are on, he shines. So I think he'll be a great NFL prospect. Okay. Mark Cuban says Russell Westbrook is not a superstar, not in the MVP discussion with LeBron Harder and Kawhi Leonard. Do you guys agree? I just fell asleep. <laughs> Mark Cuban's been a hater his whole life, yeah. <laughs> his whole entire life. Yeah. Um, he's just mad. Yeah. That, that, that's point blank period. You're just mad. Like, you can't sit here and deny what he has been doing. Yeah, they may not be number one in the East, I mean the West or, or whatever, but you cannot deny what he has done by himself. You can't do that, and that's just disrespectful, so he just sounds like a hater to me. It's normal, Mark, man. He's angry. <laughs> you get the free agency every year. People play with you, play with your team, and drive day, price up. Block the media man. from covering the team. <laughs> you do stuff. a lot of outlandish stuff, and the bottom line is people don't want to be there because they don't want to be there. You know, maybe you might have something to do with it. Look maybe. at the mirror, shut your mouth. Draft the Russell Westbrook if he's not a superstar. Draft someone better than him. You haven't, but, you know, <laughs> I want to know what 
happened? What, what was that moment that Mark Cuban became a hater? Because you can't deny it. You can't deny <laughs> triple-double. You can't deny it. Averaging the triple-double. And, and like, I've watched a lot of Thunder's games. I don't think Russ was like stat. Like, he's not trying to get, you know, the triple-double. He's not like forcing it, you know what I'm saying? He's doing what you would think every NBA player wants to do, try to go for every rebound, you know, making the best pass. Sometimes he's out of control. Sometimes yeah. he takes ill-advised shots. But with superstar, doesn't take ill-advised shots. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of superstars do, but most of the time they go in. Then they, when they don't go in, I mean, Kobe did it for years, yeah. but he had accolades behind his name, so he got a pass for it. But something happened between Mark Cuban and Russell Westbrook. I don't know what, but he just became a hater. And it's, it's ridiculous. You you can't you can't deny the tape at all. Man, you averaging a triple double. Yeah, like it's automatic. Everybody, everybody <laughs> just needs to shut the hell up. Right. Right. Let's keep it 100. Right. Like, nothing else needs to be said. All right. Um, brothers Jim and Johnny Bush try to take control of the Lakers from Genie. Fair or foul? I'm going to say I'm going to say foul just because it is. First of all, I mean, their father was controlling the team. But you knew one day he was going to pass. So, as a family, not even just business partners, as a family, y'all didn't have to bring this to the public. Y'all could have did this behind the scenes, but y'all should have had a contingency plan in place because at the end of the day, y'all not winning. You know, you are a storied franchise, but y'all haven't, when y'all have turmoil at the top, what, what do you think the team's going to be? You know what I'm saying? So if the, if the Spurs, and I'm a Spurs fan, if they had trouble at the top, they wouldn't being the playoffs for the past 20 years and the past three years, four years, the Lakers haven't done anything. That's including Kobe, you know, but that's that's because from the top, it's messed up and it all trickles down, so. I mean, you know, hey. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just pettiness, man. Like, like you said, that shouldn't have been in front of everybody. One. Two, your team stinks. I don't want to hear about who's in charge of a bad franchise, like a story franchise. You've ruined it under your watch yep. in the last four years, right? So figure out how to fix it. Outside of that, keep all that stuff quiet, man. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree as far as bringing, you know, family issues into the media, especially, like you said, being at the top of it, it's like, it's the head of the beast. Like, if that doesn't have its brain in it, like, what do you expect the rest of the body to do? Exactly. You know, and... I just feel like they could have handled it differently. I'm pretty sure that they still have some type of say-so into what goes on in the organization. Yeah, they may not be the head top of everything. Excuse me. But, you know, like, I feel like they could have handled it differently. You know, it's probably just some some turmoil between, you know, having differences of opinions and then not having the dad there to kind of be like, no, this is what it's going to be. You know, they're probably used to – they've probably already always done this, but they've always had him to kind of be the end all – you know, of whatever the situation is, and now they don't have it, and they're all just trying to fight for, you know, a position. And it, it's sad, but it happens because, like you said, it is family, but it's still business. Right. And it's a two-part question. My favorite player in the air, Kawhi Leonard. One, is he the second-best player behind LeBron James? And two, some people are saying he's only that good because he plays in pop system. I have my view on it, but what's y'all view? I'll go first. <laughs> I agree when you say he's the second best behind LeBron in the instance of his all-around game. You know, yeah, there may be other players that have better, you know, 
skills in certain areas. But as far as him being an all-around player, defensive, effort, offensive, you know, getting rebounds, getting steals, getting blocks, like I feel like he's one of the best all-around players in the league. You know, and I still feel like he probably has a leg up on LeBron in a couple of categories as far as, you know, jump shot number one. But um, I definitely agree that playing every game. That too. (laughs) You know, but I definitely get it. The second part, I don't agree. Um, don't get me wrong, Pop definitely makes people better. He definitely does. But you can't fault him for that. He didn't ask to get drafted by them. He didn't ask to be put in the system. He just flourished with what he was given. You know, so you can't say that, you know, this wouldn't have happened if he was somewhere else. It, it comes down to the player himself. Like, yeah, he could be in Pop's system, and Pop could be telling him all these great things, but if he's not taking it in and he's not applying it on the court, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Well, I'm a Spurs fan, so <laughs> I'm going to keep it 1,000. The fact is that, like you said, all-around play, steals. He's, he covered James Harden in the, end of, yeah, in the fourth yeah. quarter. He went one for five. You know, he still ended up with 39 points. He scored 17 mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. You know, so you got to give credit to Kawhi Leonard that he has improved his game every year. You can look at his points per game every year. The fact that LaMarcus Aldridge, who he was in Portland, he took the back seat to, man, it's your team, you know. But Pop's system, he just has a good system. That doesn't make – that doesn't mean that his skills are are diminished or his game is is diminished. Nah, he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do, like you said. But at the end of the day, definitely second best player in the league for sure. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, whoever said that, that's just, that's horrible. Like, you had, I don't know what Kawhi did to you personally. <laughs> Probably um, beat his team. I'm going to apologize on his behalf if you were hurt by it. But he's literally the only player in the league who really, literally plays both ends of the floor every possession. Like, it's his last all game, every night. And then secondly, it's one thing if he was just a 3 and D guy, which he was year one, then he built on that. Right now, he is carrying the Spurs. Like I don't understand what's so difficult about this. It's one thing if you if, if you get seven if you you need if your team needs you to get seventeen and four every night that's cool. But if your team's telling you to go shut down one of the best scores in the league and you do it without while putting up the seventeen that you need, hitting that ridiculous three that was very contested when coming out of San Diego State you weren't exactly a great shooter. You know every year is built you were an outstanding one on one player now. Like people you were literally. Like a, a conundrum for the NBA. Nobody has an answer for this guy. Like, the disrespect is we just got to stop it. And I love Pop to death. But at that same token, if we're going with that premise, you want to tell me Tim Duncan would have been great without Pop? But Pop said that. Even at um, Duncan's retirement, he was like, I wouldn't have been a coach if I was, if it wasn't for him. And, you know, Larry Brown said a great quote. He was like, man, like somebody asked him what makes a great coach. He said great players. And, I, and, I, and I, like, how are you going to diminish that? Like, if you look at any great coach throughout history from Red back all the way to now, you won't find some of the greatest players to ever play the game on that roster. There's going to be multiple, more than likely. So, like, how can you diminish that? And I don't care what system you draw, you still got to make the play. You still got to make the pass. You got to make the shot. You got to defend and everything. And he and he's the one person, when you look back at history, this is the Braun era. But when you look back, it's going to be three names, well, four, you count Duncan, but three really that beat Braun head-to-head in the finals. And that was Nowitzki, that was Steph, and it's Kawhi. Everybody else is going to be like, man, y'all just let Braun run through you, like head-to-head. That means something, right? So you you gotta give him the respect he deserves, man. Bottom line, um, Bron. Speaking of Bron, Bron and Kyrie, you know, set out the game against Miami. They got blown out. Then um, Miami came back. They played, and uh, 
What's my man name? Uh, Deion Waiters. Yeah, Deion Waiters got his revenge, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cook them, handed them another L. My question is, how do you feel about NBA players sitting out games for non-injury related issues? I hate it. I, I personally hate it because I feel like you get paid to play uh-huh. a game. There are people out here that would kill for your position and play every second if you ask them to. Literally. Literally. And these superstars, of, of course, being, you know, they don't ask to be role models, but they are. You know, and for them to, it kind of instills, you know, for this generation, like we were talking about off air, like, you know, they, they want instantaneous type things. They just want the big lights. They want, you know, the, the perks and everything, but they don't want to put in the hard work which is playing during the season. Yeah, we get that the playoffs are when it quote-unquote counts, but you have to play during the season to get there. You know, and I just feel like it sets a bad example for the kids coming up. Like, well, I mean, if I'm tired this week, I just won't play. You know, my team will be all right without me. You know, I just feel like that's that's terrible. And then coming back from the other side of it, of it being a business, you know, there are people that pay to come see you play. And I understand if it's a serious injury, you know, because we definitely don't want somebody to be hurt, you know, as a person. But, I mean, if you're just sitting out because you're tired, like, ain't you supposed to be working out every day anyway? Like, my, my thing is how old is Kyrie? 23, 24, something like that. Like, what are you tired for? Like, I get that he has um, pre-existing injuries that, that lingers on and stuff like that, but – if it's not in the injury report, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Every player in the league, you play. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to hear about it. Like something gonna be hurt, man. Like everybody's playing with something hurt. You know, they back hurt, they feet hurt, they head hurt, they got a cold. It's something going on. But you get paid millions of dollars to play basketball. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not sitting out because you're tired. Like who gets tired? In the NFL, y'all don't have guaranteed contracts. So if y'all don't play. So I'm gonna go down. Y'all might not be. You see, like well, maybe they should like, change that in the NBA. Maybe they play more. I'll, I'll give you a story about that. Uh, I think it was like 2010. Uh, the game we played against the no, it was 2009. We played the Eagles on Monday night, and playing the Eagles at home. My brother got injured. He got a concussion. Then I told my meniscus the same, the same game. So next week was a bye week. And so you know. Had a rehab Dubai week. The next game after that was uh, Atlanta. I sat out that game. So that next Monday, I forgot. I think he was playing St. Louis that week. My agent called me on Monday. It was like, yeah, um, but if you don't practice this week, they're going to put you on injured reserve. And if they want to, they can take half of your money, the rest of your salary for that year, be on injured reserve. So I knew immensely. I was like, I can't go out there. My knees messed up. I can only run straight. But with that incentive, I played that game. I mean, I, I wasn't 100%, but what you said was like non-guaranteed contract, you mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do. But, you know, LeBron and Kyrie and them, they got money coming from everywhere. Exactly. So it's like, you know, it's, it's nothing to them. They miss a game, but they're not going to miss that check, you know. That's a lot. Exactly. Right. If I miss that game, I'm going to injure reserve, so I can't play no more that year. I don't have no film to show – because coming back next year ain't guaranteed, and then have my salary, the rest of my salary for the rest of the year is gone. So it's more incentive. Oh, I'm I'm playing, you know. But for them, some teams they 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 do rest players. The Spurs rest players, mm-hmm. but also they're the second best team in the league too. Mm-hmm. So, but it's LeBron James. He's a superstar. If he played in San Antonio, 
it would still be the same because he's a superstar. But if Kawhi sits out, it's not a problem. So it's like it's a fifty fifty thing with me. So I think you guys got it. I mean, it's just it's tough for a fan. You spend that yeah. much money to come watch, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're getting hit over the head about come watch come watch the game. And I definitely understand there's a huge difference between guaranteed and not guaranteed money. Um, I kind of get it like late in the season. Like I'm okay with it then. I'm okay with it kind of. I'm okay with it sometimes when Pop does it. Sometimes, you know, I think we all feel like he does it out of spite sometimes, which is <laughs> which is very clear. Um, I also grew up watching basketball like late 80s and 90s, so it's hard for me to fathom if you're not hurt. Yeah. Why aren't you out there? Because that standard that was set that, you know, It was problems you set out games. It's a pride thing. So it's, it's just hard for me to get it. Like, I do understand it from you need a rest. Because, you know, if you play AU ball, you, you play a lot. A lot of players don't get the rest, and I do get that. But for me, it's hard for me to take it because of. I mean, for me, you know, man, it's your like I look at it. If it's your job, just like any other job, nine to five, whatever. If you don't show up to work and you don't have leave, it's gonna be problems. So you either not gonna get paid for that day, or they gonna write you up. You be threatening to get fired, and that affects everything. You know, your whole livelihood. My thing is just play. If you banged up, you need a little rest. Control your minutes. You know what I'm saying? Just. Don't play as many minutes that game. You know what I'm saying? Play like 15, 20, 25 minutes or whatnot. Fans got their money's worth. You know, it should be all good. You know what I'm saying? That, to me, is just cheating the game. And kids look at them. Like, we grew up, we was looking at the Jordans and they were like, we got to suit up and play. You know, you know, we looked at AI a little, again, bang, thrown around and got everything. He played every game. He ain't want to come out. Like, they, they had to get on him about, you need to sit. They had to fight with him to sit. You see what I'm saying? That that's a pride thing. You know what I'm saying? That and that shows your warrior spirit. That shows you earn everything you get. When they sit out games and and reportedly there's nothing wrong, it, it comes off as entitled. And I and I and one thing I'm really worried about is how they're gonna teach the youngins coming up. They're gonna think, well, I can sign for two hundred million, play fifty games and stuff. Like that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? That's gonna create a lot of animosity and everything in the future. So they need to do something about that, man. Put like, some fine. type of rule up or something. Do something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but, but you know, we'll see what happens. Um, last question. Alabama linebacker Ruben Foster was sent home from the combine from a heated verbal altercation with a hospital employee. According to reports, Foster grew impatient with a long line for exams and told the hospital worker, do you know who I am? And the male hospital worker on the press said he would have to wait like everyone else. Foster then said he would put hands on him and the worker simply said, do it. Awesome, Gotta go. Like, I just feel like that goes back to, like you said, entitlement. Mm-hmm. Like, you already entitled and you ain't even get, signed a contract yet. Yeah. You know, like, you had to combine like everybody else. Like, you're you're not entitled. It's I can see if it was something. I can't see if it was something else. Because, like, it's literally a line. It's like you're standing in line to go to the bathroom. What you going to say, I'm next? You know who I am? <laughs> like, I mean, and that's what I mean. Like, that entitlement, it, it's it's getting younger and younger. For these kids, um, and I think it goes back to kind of what, what Wilson just said. Like we grew up in the, watching the games in the late '80s and the, in the early '90s and stuff like that, and that pride that they had about playing, you know, and being a player and not being a baby, not crying about this, worrying about that, but playing the game that you claim that you love so much. So I'm like, on one side of it, you're thinking like you're going to let the fact that you got to stand in this line to continue to be at this combine to possibly get signed by a team to do the one thing that you swear you want to do your whole life, but you don't want to wait in this line. Like, 
it, it to me it makes no sense and i definitely i agree with them sending him home like like these are protocols these are things that are going to happen in real life like you're not a kid you're not a child like these are things that has to happen like get over it i don't like people like that and the nfl is one sport <clears throat> where they 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 against you if you come off like that. Like, mm, yeah, they'll they'll find you in the locker room. Constant examples. I mean, we talked about T.O. a couple of shows. He ain't in the Hall of Fame. I thought you see, like that's the one spot. Like who you think? Okay, we gonna get you. You you know when you get got. It's just <laughs> like that. So I mean, we should. Talk. To be completely honest, I don't think it's going to affect them at all. Yeah. Um, it's just a news story. Uh, Thirty two teams, countless scouts. Man, general managers, whatever. It's probably a general manager who probably say, "Man, I like that. I like, I like." That's I, true. I like that. I like that. He he don't take nothing from nobody. They they'll flip that negative to something positive. Like, yeah, I like. I like that he talks down to lower. So I know he's on a football field. He's gonna talk down to somebody who's sorry. You know, whatever. Plus his his game tape talks so much more than that one little incident. They'll, like I said. NFL execs will take that as, oh, he's young, sweeping the rug, and then, you know, Nick Saban, he'll sweep under the rug, and everybody, you know. If he was a fourth round to seventh round or undrafted guy, now his future would have been real messed up. Him going to Alabama, being the top one of the top linebackers, it's just a little, like a little, little pinch. All right, thanks, guys, you know. I still want me though, so it, it sucks. But at the end of the day, what I realized when I was playing football that the NFL was a business. The business is to win, but more so to, to make money. And you make more money when you win. And you, if you go to a good team, make the team good, you get more money, more games. So, like I said, a lot of NFL, NFL execs, GMs, managers, owners, they, they ain't thinking about it. And it's sad because. You think you would want to be a humble guy, but he did play for Alabama. That's that's the the local NFL team in Alabama, and they probably get so much stuff down there that we don't know about. So probably true. Yeah, they probably, probably man. Who are you, man? I could go to this place and get so and so, and it's probably true. But that's the culture down there. But I don't think it's going to be a big effect on his draft status or going forward. I mean. Just let's be honest. If Ray Wright, if Ray Wright didn't have that video, yeah, he would have been playing. But that video came out, and that's a different story. Somebody could say, yeah, he got sent home because of this or that. There's no video, no video, no crime. It's sad, but yeah, that's you need videos is. nowadays. Yeah, last one. I gotta get this out. Lavar uh, <clears throat> Ball, Lazo Ball. <laughs> oh, we were supposed to talk about this last yeah, week. Yeah, Lazo Ball pops. You know, he's been on a rant a lot, man. You know, son going to be better than Steph. Um, he would never brand with Nike. He said he's his own brand. He said he's only interested in co-branding. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, this, this guy, man? Yeah. The fact is this. <laughs> I'll, I'll respect LeVar Ball by doing this. He's having his son's name out there. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that Lonzo – it's not being quiet. It's being quiet because um, I give you an example. It's a kid that used to play for Miami Dolphins named uh, Brent Grimes. And his <laughs> wife, crazy. His Miko? wife, yeah, his wife Miko. All she do is she's on Twitter. you know Twitter 
you know. Yeah, but just go on. <laughs> but Brent never says nothing. He always he always says, "My wife is her own person. She says whatever she wants. It's not me telling her to say this." But teams keep signing him. He keeps getting paid. He's doing great on the field. It's not affect his wife's opinion is not affecting, you know, his play or his money. Lavar can say whatever he wants, but I bet you, if the Lakers came, if Milwaukee came, if Denver came, if whoever Philadelphia, who else, the Brooklyn came, he'll wherever drafts whoever team drafts him, he's gone. And Lonzo, like I said, he's been quiet; he hasn't said anything, but. You don't know what's going to happen to Lonzo in the, in the pros. Like, my favorite basketball player was Penny Hardaway. Yeah. Penny was a beast in Orlando. Got hurt. Right it here. was a wrap. And right it, was, it was always Orlando. what ifs. You know what I'm saying? Who said that? Lon- like, Lonzo could have a first good two, three years. The next you know, knee injury. He could be a, he could be a Mari Stoudemire. Greg Oden. Greg KD, Oden. Yeah. So, it's just – I understand LeVar trying to hype him up, and but it's, it's getting to a point where it's ridiculous mm-hmm. now. So. Um, he reminds me of the, I won't say typical, but parents, you know, that's how they, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I like. I'm pretty sure you'll find out about that soon with coaching. You know, I coach high school girls. Um, parents are a different beast. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean now. Like now the parents are a different beast. They see the child and you know, they call themselves trying to parent and be there and, and, and be helpful. And and like you said, hype them up. Um, but not realizing that sometimes you're causing the child a little bit of pain because it's like, yeah, it's a good thing that he's not saying anything as far as Lonzo's not saying anything, but you still have to remember like you're an extent of your parents and your parents are an extent of you. So, yeah, it, it might not affect them, but there may be those people like, I don't want to deal with him in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great player. I feel like he'd be a great asset to us. But the the headache and the stress, it's not worth it, you know. And he could be, I mean, he could be setting him up for failure, you know, not saying that it's going to happen. And we all, you know, if you're a parent, I'm pretty sure all you care about is making sure that your kid is good and you make sure that, you know, you push your kid and make sure they're doing the best that they could possibly do. But all this nonsense about, you know, he going to be better than him and he not signed with. If Nike came and knocked on his door right now and said, I got 500 mil for you, what's up? Sign on the dotted line. Like, let's stop playing. And then he be preaching, hey, man, when the <clears> money <throat> comes, you know, you got to take it. Like, That's what I'm saying. So, like, I just feel like that at some point, you know, it's cute when he in high school and middle school and your parents all hype you up, but, like, he's a grown Man, you know, he's going to be making these decisions for himself. Like, he's signing these checks. You're not, you know. Yeah, you helped him get there, but you didn't do the work that he had to do. So, um, I hope it doesn't hinder him going forward. I don't think it will, really. Um, I just feel like if it continues to go like that, like, you're going to have certain issues that some people might not be okay with. Octavia said it, so she spoke for us both. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to just end it with this, man. It's like, for one, he's not even the clear-cut best college player. So how you be better than a two-time MVP? And we all know people who, <clears throat> you know, get that stuff, what happens when he, he catches you, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be, you know, like that, like a Kimba-type victim. you just like, man, you just giving up and everything because the barrage is coming so much. You know, it's always better to chill and be humble because you don't want the extra bulls out. Now his son got to deal with that heat. And, mean, yeah. and people don't give pro sports the credit it deserves. Like, you know, you hear a lot of dudes, like, I could do that, I could do that. 
like nah, so I'm like it's a reason. Like you might have had the talent to do it, but it's more than that. It's little things. It's, it's discipline. It's the work ethic and everything. I'm not saying he don't have it, but these guys were you in college with NBA experience, with world experience. Like you, you're not gonna just come in off the break and just do whatever you want. It's rare. Even if you do, you still gonna have growing pains. Like Kevin McHale said, you know, I told Kevin Garnett when he was a rookie, I told him two things gonna happen. Either you are gonna get better, but I guarantee you are gonna get your ass whooped. And that's just how the league is. You that's how you learn. You know, you you get dunked on a couple times. Like I got guard to do different. You know what I'm saying? So putting that bulls out on where everybody I'm like, oh, that's the dude who follows him. I'm going right at him. Come on, man. And then what you gonna say then when he's getting torched and he can't even play and he on the bench because they gotta protect him? What you gonna say then? You know, so why even put that bulls out on him and everything like like let that man game prove who he is. And his game speak let for himself. Let his game promote him, and, and then the rest will follow. All right. With that said, another exciting rapid fire uh, <laughs> segment. We're going to close the show, but we can't do that without our closures. So, uh, Eddie, the floor is yours. Um, have fun. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of LeVar Ball, I'm glad you guys ended with him because he was the first, I guess, target of the pettiness. Before I get into that real quick, I've been gone two weeks because the money has been calling at work. So, of course, I answer that. But LeVar Ball, please shut the hell up. I'm, I'm so sick of every week he's on one show after another. Oh, my son's better than this guy. My son's only better than this. We're going to have a co-brand. We're not with Nike or anyone else. Shut the hell up, please. How is he going to be better than Steph Curry, huh? As Cardo just said, he's not even the best clear-cut player in college basketball. He might be top five, might be top ten, maybe even beyond that. I, I'm not sure. I'm not wanting to debate that right now. But better than Steph Curry, a two-time league MVP, and arguably the best shooter we've ever seen. The best shooter I've ever seen, I know that. Better than him already? Stop. And then you kind of Charles Barkley for the criticism that he's been given lately. Saying if he had your mindset, maybe he would have won an NBA title. Oh, did you win an NBA title? Were you one of the 50 greatest players ever? Oh, no, you weren't. So shut up. All this nonsense just needs to stop. Let your son just do what he does. If he's good enough, he'll be good enough. He'll make some team happy, I'm sure. And if it's my Lakers, I hope he is as good as advertised. If it's not... I still hope he's good as advertised, but come on, man. You just got to be quiet and let your son cook and do what he does. Kawhi Leonard just now got in the MVP conversation with with his performance last night. Just now? Are we serious? We're serious right now. I know you have to have MVP moments, and last night was an MVP moment for him, knocking down a big three and having to chase down block of Harden, but he's just now in the MVP discussion. Give me a break. He is the best player on one of the best five teams in the NBA. Come on, man. Just now, not even close. That is just disrespectful to, to Kawhi Leonard, the silent assassin, if you will. And now all we get all these articles I see all over the internet. It's all Kawhi Leonard slowly becoming a superstar. Slowly, I mean, yeah, it's a slow process, but he is a superstar in this league. When you can go down and get thirty on one end of the floor, and then they're like, "Oh no, we don't need you to get thirty tonight. Let's go clam him down. Go clam down James Harden. Go clam down whoever." All right, I got you. We're good. Come on, man. Mike Glennon, fifteen to sixteen million dollars. That is ridiculous. I like Mike Glennon. Think he's a talented player. Think he can do well. I don't like Mike Glennon for fifteen, sixteen million dollars. That is just absurd. Cleveland Browns, my my squad. Please just take Miles Sanders number one pick and then get your quarterback at twelve and let the chips fall where they may. Whether you go and get Trubisky or whoever is available, or you go get Garoppolo via trade. Please don't screw this up. Please, please, please do not screw this up. NFL Combine, 
can we please get them dressed in something other than what looks like boxer shorts and a tight T-shirt? Can we just get them T-shirts and shorts? Can we not do that? Is that too much to ask? Come on. Conor McGregor, if you're really about wanting to fight Floyd Mayweather, just sign the deal and let's, let's get it on. Let's see it. Let's see if you have what it takes to step in with one of the greatest boxers ever. If this was an MMA fight, I'd give you this hands down. But this is a boxing fight, and this is a world that you're not used to. Sure, you have good hands, and sure, you have a boxing background, but you're not Floyd Mayweather. Just sign the line so we can see what happens. And if you are just now tuning into college basketball due to the conference uh, championships this week, or you're waiting until the brackets come out Sunday, shame on you. You're missing a great product, and just shame on you, because you're going to fill out all these brackets next week trying to win all these office pools, yet you haven't watched more than 10 minutes of college basketball until this week. With that said, thank you for everyone for tuning in. Thank you for Byron Westbrook for stopping by the studio. Uh, that was a uh, good insight of different things, different topics. Just And overall, another great guest. Thanks, everyone, for listening again. Make sure you follow us all over uh, social media. Just search, search for The Focus TV, My Mind Sports, Finance Magazine. You can find me at Petty underscore Eddie 15 on Twitter, King Edward 15 on Twitter as well. With that said, same time, same place next week. Petty out.